All right, guys, what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to Romans chapter 9. Romans chapter 9, and uh, we're going to keep dealing with these questions about the reality of God and how he works with us. And so, remember, we're kind of, we're in that section of chapter 9 through 11 where Paul kind of diverges from his discussion of the reality of salvation in our lives. And he, he wants to talk about uh, the reality of the Jews that he's a part of, many of them not believing, and how is that possible? And he wants to give us a bigger picture of who God is. And so he's been addressing some things. So last week we talked about is uh, the reality of who's responsible, if God's, quote, in control, who's really, in re who's really responsible for, for their choices and so forth. And we kind of addressed that issue this w last week. This week we're going to talk about something that I think is probably we can all relate to, and that is, is God fair? Is God fair in how he is with people? And how he deals with people? And, and there is, there's a sense in which, let's be honest with ourselves, there's a sense in which we struggle with that. Because we look at life and, well, let me ask you, do you think life's fair? No, no, it isn't, okay? Even among Christians, right? You can look at people at different levels and you look at their lives and you look at your life and you just wonder, is this fair, God? Right? Is God fair? That, that's really a struggle we have. Now, we don't voice that out loud like, oh, we can't talk about that. Because if we talk about our questions that we have and the doubts that we have, we might be viewed as unspiritual or less than. And, and, and the reality is, no, no, no. Paul is addressing these issues because he's addressing these issues because he's dealing with, he's thinking about in terms of his brethren, the Jews, and the reality that they're not coming to Christ, and because they're not coming to Christ, they're doomed. And he's wanting to address the question that somebody, one of his readers might have, and saying, well, is it fair that God is acting that way? Because they're trying. Have you heard that one? They're trying. What do you mean they're trying? They're trying to keep the law. And all their efforts are in keeping the law. But yet, just because they don't believe in Jesus, you mean that's it? Is God fair? And when we kind of deal with those kind of questions in our everyday lives, people don't necessarily want to do what Jesus tells them to do. They think they can make up in their minds what they think God wants them to do. And, and then is it fair for him to decide that he could do something else? And I can't do it my way? Is God fair? Those are, that's a real question we're dealing with, right? So let's look at this together because I think we're going to learn some things today. And we're going to find out that he is very fair. But the issue isn't God. Okay, so let's just put it out that way. The issue isn't God. The issue is people. Do you know what I mean? People. So let's look at it together. So let's look at verses 30 from chapter 9 through verse 4 in chapter 10. He's going to talk, first of all, about Israel's unbelief. What shall we say then? That Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have obtained it, that is, a righteousness that is by faith. 
But that Israel who pursued the law that would lead to righteousness did not succeed in reaching that law. Why? Because they did not pursue it by faith, but as if it were based on works. They have stumbled over the stumbling stone, as it is written. Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone of stumbling, a rock of offense, and whoever believes in him shall not be put to shame. Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. For I bear witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For being ignorant of the righteousness of God and seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. For Christ is the end of the, of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Okay, so here's what we're going to do, folks. We're going to look at this whole issue of God being fair. So we've got to address, first of all, the issue called the question of fairness. So this is the question he's going to be wrestling with. And then we're going to look at misguided thinking. The reason why people struggle with wondering about if God's fair in the way that he has set things up is because they're guided by misguided thinking. And the problem is, is that in churches, sometimes we're misguided in the same way. So we're not just talking about Jews here, but we can be also talking about ourselves, okay? So let's look at this together. First of all, I want you to notice with me, it's in verses 30 to 31, the question of fairness. Okay, so here it is. What shall we say then that the Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have obtained it, that is a righteousness that is by faith, but that Israel who pursued the law that would lead to righteousness did not succeed in reaching that law. All right, so what's going on here? Paul's saying, okay, the question is, is okay, wait a minute, are you telling me, here's the question, George Cannon style, are you telling me that the Gentiles who weren't following after God, couldn't care less about God, doing their own thing, worshiping idols, eating stuff they shouldn't be eating, living in ways that they shouldn't be living, have somehow found salvation, and it's not because of what they do, but it's because of their faith in Jesus? Are you telling me that they're okay, but the Jew who is meticulous in dressing in the right clothes, who's eating the right foods, who's doing all the things that he needs to do, tithing of everything, going to the synagogue, going to the temple, worshiping the Lord, and that he's doing all the right stuff, and you're telling me that he's not making it? Are you telling me? How can God be fair in that? He's letting these people who live like nothing all of a sudden have salvation. But those that live the right way don't have it. Is that fair? That's the question he's dealing with. So I've got two points to make here. First of all, it does not seem fair that works cannot achieve acceptance with God. That's what the issue is here. The guy's question is, is, is he's saying to them, are you telling me they're doing all the right stuff and they can't be accepted? That doesn't seem right. That's the question here. And somehow we need to be reminded of that, that our acceptance with God. So, okay, let's, let's talk about you. Look at you. All right, say me, okay? You. 
Your acceptance, my acceptance with God, is because of one thing only. What is that? Faith. Faith in who? Myself? Faith in Christ. Your acceptance with God is based only on that. Your acceptance with God is not based upon, are you listening to me? Because somehow, though, in our culture of church, we convey this. Your acceptance with God is not based upon whether or not you showed up here. Now, we want you to show up here. Don't take this as an excuse not to be here. We want you to show up, but you show up here to be an encouragement to each other, not to gain acceptance with God. Your acceptance with God is not based on how much you're doing in a church or how much special stuff you do for the Lord. Your acceptance with God isn't how many times you read the Bible. Now, we want you to read the Bible. Why? Because the Bible gives you strength and it is food for you to live the life that he wants you to live. But that doesn't give you acceptance with God. How many times have I heard people say, I haven't been in the Word this week. I feel like my relationship with God's not what it should be. I understand that, but you still have a relationship. He still loves you. He still cares for you. So here's the thing. It doesn't seem fair that works can't achieve it, but that's the way it is. Here's the second point he makes. Salvation by faith is hard for those who pursue works to accept. That's just the reality. People have a hard time believing that salvation isn't by their efforts. You talk to people, hey, are you, how do you think you're going to be okay with the Lord? Yeah, I try to live by the golden rule. Now, they can't quote it to you, but they say that. Or, I try to live by the Ten Commandments. Can you tell me what they are? Oh, thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not murder. I'm not doing that. How about coveting? How are you doing with that one? You see what I'm saying? So they think that if they do the right things, they're going to be okay. But the fact is, that's not the issue. Salvation is by faith. So you mean all I have, have you heard this? All I have to do is just believe that Jesus died for me? And that's it? Yeah, that's it. It's hard for them to accept. A great illustration of that is from the Gospels. It's from Jesus in the story of the prodigal. Remember the story of the prodigal son? The prodigal son, he was one of two boys, and he went to his father and said, I want my inheritance, which, by the way, is kind of like in their culture saying, I wish you were dead, Dad. Give me what's mine. He takes his father's. He goes off to a far land. He lives it up until he doesn't have anything anymore. He squanders it all. He's ended up a good Jewish boy working with the pigs. And he's not got any food, so he's eating pig food. And then one day, he's kind of laying there like, man, if I was just a servant in my father's house, I would be a whole lot better off than I am right now. I'll go back. He goes back, and he wants to, to confess to the father and, and hopefully be like, let me be your servant. But the father comes running off the porch and what? Embraces him and accepts him. Doesn't matter what he's done. Put on him a good road. Let's throw a party. Well, there's another brother, the older brother, who's been there the whole time. And listen to what his reaction is. Now, his older brother was in the field and as he came and drew near the house, he heard the music and the dancing. And he called out to one of the servants and asked what these things meant. 
And he said to him, your brother has come, your father has killed the fatted calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him, but he answered to his father, look, these many years I've served you, I've never disobeyed your command, yet you have never given me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who was devoured your property with prostitutes, he, you killed the fattest calf for him. And he said to him, son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It is fitting that we celebrate and be glad. For this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost, and he was found. See, here's this, this is a perfect illustration. The older brother, he can't accept it. Like, you mean you're just letting this guy in? I've been doing all the right things. And this guy goes off, and he's even embellishing what he thinks might his brother, because nowhere in the Scripture says that he was with prostitutes. But he's just assuming he's done all the bad things, and you're just letting him in. You're killing a fatted calf. He's offended. Why? Because he can't understand that salvation is by faith. This is the problem. This is the question of fairness then. So how do we get there? How does an older brother get there? How do people get there that they think that God can be unfair? Well, it's because they operate by misguided thinking. And that's what he's going to focus on the rest of the time here. So when we look at verse 32 on through chapter 10, verse 4, we're going to look and see what's going on. So first of all, I want you to notice with me verse 32. Here's what he says. Why? Because they did not pursue it by faith, but as if it were based on works. What's going on here? They did not pursue acceptance with God by faith. That's the first thing. It's a subtle thing. But somehow, I'm listening to me, somehow they entered into their mind that the way that you gain acceptance with God is by doing the right stuff. That it's not by faith. First of all, let's, 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 let's make sure we understand something here. So would everybody agree that the only way to come to salvation is it by what you do or is it by faith? What is it by? faith, okay? Why is it then that after we come to Christ by faith, we assume that his acceptance of us, with, of us is based upon what we do? Yeah, sin causes you to, to question things. It causes you to have this thought enter into your mind that I've got to do right now to gain. But listen, the reality is, God knows you're going to what? Sin, right? My little children, I write unto you that you sin not. But if you sin, you have an advocate, 1 John chapter 2 says, right? Jesus Christ, the righteous, who is our propitiation for our sins. See, they didn't pursue acceptance with God by faith. And so many times I hear Christians say stuff, you almost want to say to them, do you realize you're spreading heresy when you say that? What do you mean, heresy? Well, here's one. If you don't vote for a certain party, you must not be a good Christian. Can I tell you that's a heretical statement? You're getting political, George. No, I'm not. 
you are getting and messing around with what salvation is. You're assuming that the only way to be accepted with God is that you pull the right lever in a voting box. That has nothing to do with it. Another way of saying it, okay, if you don't do this at this time, you must not be a good Christian. You're messing with salvation again. My acceptance with God is based upon what? My faith in Jesus, not if I do the right things. Do you understand? See, they did not pursue acceptance with God by faith. What were they pursuing it by? By their works. By making sure that they were doing everything that is acceptable and right. So let me give you an illustration of the confusion that you can have that you and I can enter into if you think that it's based upon what you do. So when I became a Christian, I was living in Columbia, South Carolina. We just drove through there Friday night, heading back from Charleston. And we, of course, stopped by, had to get a, if you haven't seen the picture of my big melon, I'll show it to you. I got a big melon at the farmer's market and it's seeded. So that means it's gonna taste good, okay? So I got this big melon and I'm looking for it. But hey, I, I came to Christ and I went to a, a little bitty independent Baptist church in West Columbia, South Carolina, where you were told to dress this way and you don't smoke. So right before I went off in 1987 to Liberty to go study uh, for the ministry and so forth, I went to visit my relatives in eastern North Carolina in Pitt County in a little community called Blackjack, North Carolina. And I remember going to church with my aunt to that Free Will Baptist Church there, and as we were pulling up, I was shocked. I was horrified because on the front porch, on the front area of this big church, were a whole bunch of guys smoking cigarettes. And I'm like, what kind of church am I going to? Thinking that in my mind. Well, I walk in and I find out that I'm in a church filled with tobacco farmers who believe in Jesus by faith, not by their actions. Did you understand what I'm saying? Do you see the confusion you can have? By what? The reality of thinking it's what you do is your acceptance with God? Now, that's not advocating for you to fatten their wallets down in North Carolina. Don't do that, okay? But my point is, it's by faith alone. They did not pursue acceptance with God by faith. Here's the other thing. They stumbled over the reality of Jesus. Look with me at verse 33. As it is written, I am laying in Zion a stone of stumbling, a rock of offense, and whoever believes in him shall not be put to shame. Here's the thing that they were stumbling with. They couldn't grasp the reality that faith, salvation with God, was through belief in who? Jesus. They couldn't grasp that. They thought it had to be stuff that they were doing. Stuff that they had done for acceptance. Here's the other thing I want you to notice with me now. Look with me. The third thing here, it it's kind of comes out here. Look with me. My, my heart's desire and prayer to, to God for them is that they may be saved. For I bear witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. Here's what I want you to see. They had a misguided zeal for God. 
See, it's possible to get there. It's, it's possible even for us to forget that salvation is by faith alone and enter off in our zeal for God that it overwhelms the message of salvation. And I see that all the time because I see folks in church who get focused on so many different issues, it's almost like everything else doesn't matter, just their issue. What kind of issues? Some folks get so focused on end times that all they're thinking about is the second coming, the tribulation, and when the rapture is. And everything is about that. Then there are others, it might be some social issue. That's all they talk about. And, and whether or not you are a good Christian is where you end up on that issue. But again, that's messing with what, folks? The issue of salvation. My acceptance with God is based only on one thing, folks. My faith in Jesus, not where I land on an issue. For these folks, for these Jews, they were zealous. I mean, yeah, they were to tithe, but some of them, you remember from the, from the gospel, they're tithing of their spices, That's really zealous, isn't it? It's really overdoing it. They were misguided in their zeal for the God, which brings us to verse 3. Here's what he says. For being ignorant of the righteousness of God and seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. So what's going on? They chose to seek God's acceptance in accordance with their own thinking. Man, that's a subtle trap we can fall into. We can fall into a trap where we think we know how you should be. So I've been here 22 years now. I tried to introduce to the church that the way to salvation was drinking sweet tea. And I would bring that to every function and people would drink my sweet tea, but they, didn't ever, they never accepted. But in my mind, I'm thinking, if you drink my sweet tea, you're gonna be okay. Until the doctor told me that I had to quit drinking my own sweet tea and so now the way to salvation is drinking unsweetened tea. So we'll have that at the picnic, okay? But you know, what, what, what's going on there? I'm, I'm playing with thinking in my mind. That's a ridiculous illustration, George. Yes, but what is it that you think is the epitome of being a believer and walking with Christ? If it is something other than faith in Jesus Christ, you've added to the gospel, You've added to salvation. You have made the path to God's acceptance to flow in according to your own thinking. And so they were operating without knowledge, without understanding that the gospel is faith in Jesus Christ alone for what he has done for you, not something you create. And it's very subtle. We all wrestle with it. And then finally, here it is. In the process, they did not submit to God's plan. That's what the issue is. What do you mean they didn't submit to God's plan? Well, if you go to the Gospels, especially if you go to the book of Acts, and Paul would go to a community and he would share with them about the reality of the Messiah, 
and he would start in the synagogues and there would be people who would be willing to accept that. But then as soon as they even got the hint that this message was available to Gentiles, they rejected him. And even in some points they would stone him and try to kill him. Why? Because in their mind, salvation is only for who? The Jew. But Paul's saying salvation is open to everyone by what? Faith. See, this is the problem. They, they didn't want to submit to God's plan. They wanted to do it all on their own, right? So in the process of living it according to their own plan, they didn't want to submit. But here's the reality. He just brings it down. He wraps it up for us. Look what us, verse 4. He says, for Christ is the end of the law of righteousness to everyone who believes. So here it is. Ultimately, faith in Christ is the end of all effort for acceptance with God. Listen, faith in Christ is the end of all effort. There is nothing you can do to gain his acceptance, period. You can try to be perfect. You won't be, but you can try. That won't even earn you enough brownie points with God. And he's not on the brownie point system. God is on the faith system. Do you trust him? Are you relying on him? Do you believe that he paid the price and died for you? It's not you, it's him. And ultimately, that's what Paul's saying here. Paul is saying faith in Christ is the end of all effort. Man, if you and I would grasp that, can I tell you something? That would be a freeing thing for your relationship with God right now. What do you mean? Well, let's take the issue of prayer. We talked about prayer a little bit before the message started. Some of you don't pray. You want to know why you don't pray? I'll tell you why you don't pray. Because you're carrying the regrets and shame of something that you did and you're too embarrassed to go to God and talk to Him. It's like the... It's like the elephant in the room with you, with God. Like, uh, somehow do I need to address this? How's he going to feel about what I did? I know I didn't do right here. And that affects your prayer life. Because somehow you think what you've done affects your relationship with God. No, no, no. Listen to me. It doesn't affect your relationship with God. He still loves you and accepts you. You need to go to him and you need to tell him, yes, I did this because it's causing a problem, but you're still accepted. You're still part of his family and you can move on. Do you understand? Move on. Don't live your life by rules. Live your life by faith in a relationship. That's what Paul's saying here. And Paul's saying that because he's looking at his brethren, the Jews, and he's saying, yes, some are coming to faith, but very few, because they grasp it. But the majority of those that I love, my kindred, are rejecting it because somehow they think it's their efforts. And they're wrong. The question for you and I today is, how are you living? Are you living by faith or by your efforts? Because I'm going to tell you right now, your efforts aren't gaining anything with him. But your faith is. 
And that's where we need to focus. Let me pray for you.